Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. All right, fourth overall in the CFL draft. The Eskimos have taken offensive lineman Thomas Jack Cordilla out of the University of Buffalo, six foot four, 300 pounds. The BC Lions traded up to first overall with Calgary. They gave Calgary their third and 12th overall picks, got one and 15 from the Stamps. They took linebacker Jordan Williams out of East Carolina. Carter O'Donnell from the U of A Golden Bears, expected on pretty much every mock draft out there to go in the top three, if not the top two. He has not been picked, and that's probably because he did sign with the Indianapolis Colts on the weekend after the NFL draft, so we will keep an eye on that. Golf returns, everybody. You can play starting Monday. Now, clubhouses aren't going to be open. Pro houses uh, or uh, pro shops, I should say, won't be open Uh, And you're going to have to follow social distancing and uh, be safe and aware when you are out playing. But you will be able to golf starting on Monday. So that's a relief for a lot of you. Of course, the government today announcing phase one of a relaunch. A lot of these uh, things in the relaunch are really going to kick in on May 14th. You've been hearing about it on our news shows all day long. And I encourage you to go to 630ched.com, globalnews.ca to get those full details. The Edmonton Prospects and their owner, their managing partner, Patrick Cassidy, is going to join us after 7.30 tonight. The Edmonton Prospects in the Western Canada Baseball League That's a 10-team league, six in Alberta, four in Saskatchewan. They're holding out hope. They had a league meeting last night. They have decided to delay the start of the season to late June or early July. Usually the WCBL begins in the third or fourth week of May. So right now they're saying we're going to go into a delay. Uh, They'll have another decision being made in the first week of June and they'll, they'll follow the recommendations of health officials and governments to see if they can play, maybe get in. Well, it would be a shortened season, obviously, uh, but we'll have more on the Edmonton prospects and the WCBL coming up between 7.30 and 8. We will hopefully be joined later on uh, tonight as well by uh, perhaps Thomas Jack Cordella or uh, one of the young men who the Eskimos take today in the CFL draft. For a little more football talk, we welcome back to the show our in-game analyst for Eskimos broadcast here on 630 Chat. It's our buddy Blake Dermott. Blake, how are you doing? You know what, Reed? I'm healthy. Uh, my family's safe. Everybody's – we're doing fine. It's uh, just trying to get through this like everybody else. Yeah, well, it's it's good to catch up with you, and the government made some announcements today about a very gradual reopening. we still got to be safe and, and, and be cautious, but hopefully we're uh, slowly on the road to recover. It's, it recovery. It's always great to talk to you. CFL Draft – is tonight it's an exciting day for a lot of canadian players who are, are going to get to sign their name next to a, a cfl team now you debuted with the eskimos uh when was that 83 83, or 83. so were you I, I can't remember did you go through a draft or what was your process no the uh back then and, and i think there was up to the the, the year after me uh, so in 84 they still had what was called territorial protected picks 
and uh, the uh, the Eskimos had, uh, or every CFL team would have two territorial protected picks that were exempt from the draft. And in my year, there was two of us, myself and a, a fellow named Stuart, Stuart McAndrews. And then the next year was lowered down to one, I believe. And uh, and then I think that, that lasted for maybe one year after that. And then they eliminated the territorial exemptions. Okay, so for you then, okay, so hypothetically, what if the Eskimos hadn't been interested in you? Then you could have gone anywhere? Well, then I would have gone into the draft. If there was okay, not- sorry, okay. Yeah, I would have gone into the draft if I was not exempted from the draft. Okay, so what what do you remember about th- that that getting talked to by the Eskimos? I mean, do you remember a first contract that you put your name on? Was there are oh, there yeah. photos of this somewhere? <laughs> um, I I don't think I ever kept my first contract. I I may have it someplace. It wasn't. I was just glad that I got one. But um, I've told this story so many times. But it's a it was a funny thing, you know. The, you, the one of the reasons why they they eliminated the territorial exemption is because they basically had your rights, and you couldn't compare what your contract would be. You could have been the number one guy in the draft, and the Eskimos could say, "We're going to pay you the minimum salary." And uh, the uh, um, this any CFL team could do that. So it wasn't a, a very fair process for for players. And there was there was lots of years that the territorial exemption. Um, was was never made the team. So so uh, you know some years it was good, some years it was uh, it, it wasn't so good. But that first contract I ever got, they, my negotiations uh, were were interesting because they dealt with Frankie Morris, and he dealt with all the rookies. And uh, you know I, I talked to people and tried to get an idea. There was no survey of salaries like there is now for the league, and and uh, that sort of came in near the end of my career. Where you, where agents could go to a, a database and figure out how much comparable guys made and you know positions and things like that. So I had to, I I, I talked with a fellow that uh, Jerry Ingalls was his name and he was an ex-player. Uh, he actually recruited me to stay at the U of A and he still knew some guys within the league in BC and he gave me some numbers. He said this is what you should be looking for. And I remember going in to sit down with Mr. Morris and they offered me the bare minimum salary. And, and I said, well, this is what I think I'm worth. And this is five minutes after the meeting stopped, started and Mr. Morris closed his book and said, uh, he just said, well, we're so far apart. I don't see us continuing this conversation. And he walked out of his office. <laughs> <laughs> like, you got to imagine, you know, I'm, I'm sitting in his office in the Eskimos offices and he leaves. And I sat there for probably five minutes or so and... <laughs> Kind of looked around, and there, all I could hear was crickets. And uh, I stuck my head out of the out of the door, down the hallway. Didn't see anybody. All the other offices were shut down. It was near the end of the day. I'm sure Mr. Morris had done this year after year after year with the the young guys he was, he, he was negotiating with. And so I went up to the front of the office. The secretary was gone. The door was locked. I had to unlock the doors to let myself out. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I didn't hear from the Eskimos for six weeks after that. And uh, so they were pretty much playing hardball with me. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> but, guessing... Yeah, that was my first contract. That was uh, a very memorable uh, occasion. So I'm guessing the number you signed for was closer to what they were offering than what you wanted. Oh, absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think it took... Uh, Three more meetings just to get uh, something like uh, three or four thousand dollars more money, including including the signing books. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it, it worked out for you. You did get to play it had a pretty good career, and it's 
Yeah, I mean it's it's so different now. I, I mean the the film that are on guys and Canadians in in the NCAA who might get drafted uh, tonight as well. So I, I mean the process. I, I feel like the process is even overhauled from ten or fifteen years ago, let alone from when you were playing in the eighties. Oh yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean we we had an advantage. I mean the Eskimos had a, a very good advantage in that, of course. I was at the U of A, so they had a chance to see um, see me play an awful lot. I, uh, Frank Morris, I played with his son Dave Morris uh, with the Bears, so they 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 had probably as much film or visual on myself and Stu as as they would have in, in today's age on anybody. Um, but you're right, though, when you're trying to compare uh, players from, you know, the, even the caliber of film that, that uh, you had. I, I just think about what kind of film that we had when I was in university and what those guys would have had to look at. Because, I mean, it, it was that 8-millimeter film, and, and that stuff broke and spliced and was choppy. And and, uh, and nowadays, I mean, virtually every game film, they can go online and get. So they can, you, can, you can have, like, television-grade uh, game film on players and – and uh, and be able to get a lot of different looks against different players and different schemes and things like that. So yeah, it is. It's like the the you know we were in the dark ages and this is uh, in you know the two thousands. So it's it's completely different and and probably um, uh, a lot easier to be able to scout a guy. Now the difference is you you are now inundated with so much film that uh, that it, as a scout or somebody that that's making those kinds of evaluations, I can't imagine how difficult that would be. Well. And Brock Sunderland says it, and Carter O'Donnell, who was who was signed with the Colts, talked about some of his NFL interviews. So many of the questions are about your upbringing, what was your family like, you know, what what responsibilities did you have around the house, how do you handle your homework and stressful situations in school, and, and I mean, it's so much is. I mean, I think unless you're a top talent, they're separating people by personality and and character so i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you a what if if you were if you were a gm of a team or a scouting director and you were interviewing players coming out of school for the draft what's one or two questions you would ask to try to get to know them a little bit well i I, i'm not sure if i i have a go-to question but you're right one of the one of the things that i would be really because obviously if i'm talking with that player then i've got a pretty good perspective on what his ability is as a general manager, for me, I think very high in the list would be uh, questions of character, you know, uh, maybe put them in hypothetical situations and what, you know, how would you handle that? What would your reaction be to that kind of a situation? You know, things like what is it, what is, what are the things that are the most important to you outside of football? Those kinds of questions, those kinds of attitudes and, and, and finding out, you know, uh, how, how were you raised? Were you raised in a large family, a single family? Uh, uh, were you raised in, you know, were you the only child? Because we know that uh, uh, you, can, you can get little emperors um, in, in families that, that don't have a lot of kids. Like you, you learn so much about life because you have siblings. And, and siblings teach you an awful lot of things. It's the first thing siblings do, especially if they've got older ones, they teach you humility. So those are those are some of the questions that I think that would be very important to me uh, as a general manager asking uh, a young prospect. See, being an only child myself, Blake, I've never thought of myself as a little emperor, maybe just supreme <laughs> ruler. I would set settle for. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
and and not all not all not all kids are raised in a situation where they're not great like you know i mean it's, but those are things that, that you can uh, and i you know haven't coached a, a little bit over the last 20 years um you can tell sometimes uh, depending on how a child is raised and and uh so those are those are things that I, I think as a, as somebody that's trying to bring them into my organization and the organization is it's critical that uh, I don't make a mistake on it. I think that's important that uh, those are questions that need to be asked. Yeah, and and I find that side of it really interesting too, and how how they they, they really delve into a player's uh, personal history and talk to teachers and, and all those kinds of things. Sometimes, okay, here's another one for you. So, there, I I would say there are there's better football talent coming out of Canada than ever before, which means some of those players are going to get an opportunity to play in the NFL or at least get drafted by the NFL. Carter O'Donnell's an example, signed with the Colts. Would Like if a player had just got picked up by an NFL team on the weekend, would that make you a little reluctant to draft him or would you just stick with your rankings and say, we got to have this player's rights if he, if he does come to Canada? Well, I think there's a couple of things that would impact that. First of all, the... I mean, how deep is the draft? I mean, if you lose, if, if Carter O'Donnell is, you know, when you, it's funny, you know, back when I was starting, they used to throw around hundreds of thousands of dollars in signing bonuses. Now you get a signing bonus for $20,000 as a free agent. You're, they're going, wow, they're serious about you. And, and that's the reality of the, uh, the world today. So that when he could, if he got a signing bonus for $20,000, then they're serious about, about uh, him having an opportunity there. So, You've got this. You've got this. Uh, Eskimos uh, pick fourth. You know they, they they got an opportunity, or anybody that's potentially looking at Carter, um, is he going to go down there? And you've wasted a pick. So if the depth of the draft is is pretty deep, then you can say, well, you know what? Maybe maybe we pass on him because he's not going to be here for a couple of years. But uh, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take this guy, this receiver, or something that that I think can be a, an impact player for us, at least a contributing player for us next year. So so yeah, I, I guess that's part of it. But the other thing too is I, I heard this today, and it's an interesting uh, perspective. Is that if you um, you think about a, a, an offensive lineman, a Canadian, a, a player, somebody in the draft, you're probably not gonna get the uh, the, the impact that uh, as, as a starter somebody that is ready to step in and, and contribute uh right away for probably a couple of years even the top guys in the draft you're, i mean the eskimos have a fairly decent offensive line so you know uh, if if they were to take somebody that was uh, you know the best guy in the draft he may not be uh, contributing the way you want him to for a couple of years so what do you do do you let him go down south maintain you know draft him maintain his rights let him go down south and uh, and and let him be developed down there and so that when he comes back he could be ready to play so i mean that's the other you're taking a, a little bit more of a chance on that but uh, but that's certainly something that depending on the depth of the draft um that the uh, teams could consider is uh, you know allowing that person to go down south and maintaining that uh, that uh, the rights for them blake Always great to have you on the show. Glad you and the family are doing well. We'll do this again soon, man. Appreciate it. Great. Thanks a lot. Uh, and uh, again, uh, everybody stay safe. All right. That is Blake Dermott checking in tonight on Inside Sports. What a story about trying to sign his first contract. Just left alone in the Eskimos office <laughs> because they weren't going to pay him what he wanted. That is an all-timer. We will hear a little bit more about the Eskimos first-round pick when we get back.
Former Oiler George Larac posting on social media today a photo of himself in the hospital with the message, I guess I'm not invincible, just got diagnosed with COVID. Since I'm asthmatic, not the best news, we'll fight it off. That today from George Larac. We uh, wish him the best as he recovers from COVID-19. Things uh, loosening up in Alberta May 14th is when uh, it'll be phase one of the relaunch plan. Phase three would involve professional sports, but still without fans. So we're still a ways away from talking about Oilers games, Eskimos games, at least being played with fans in the stands. The Eskimos have drafted Thomas Jack Cordilla, hyphenated name. Jack Cordilla is hyphenated offensive lineman out of the University of Buffalo with their fourth overall pick. Brock Sunderland, GM of the Eskimos, was asked if he sees Jack Cordilla as a guard in the CFL. Guard, yes. That's what he played at Buffalo. I said earlier that there was very little guessing of where he fits for us because he did it for four straight years at a high level of competition at the MAC conference. That being said, one thing that we do consistently here is we cross-train our offensive linemen. The more they can do, the better. So a good example of that is Jacob Ruby and David Beard. Both those guys can play both guard spots. And center, Matt O'Donnell, as you guys know, has kicked out and played tackle before. So we think he has the athleticism to kick out if needed, but that would be not the ideal scenario. We think he's very good where he is, which is guard, but we think he does have the versatility to play others as well. All right, so that is the newest Eskimo. And the Eskimos now are on the clock at number 13. I don't know if we'll get that pick before we break for the uh, 7.30 news, but of course we will let you know if the selection is made. What's interesting here is Carter O'Donnell from the U of A Golden Bears is still available. He has not been picked. He did sign that three-year deal with the Indianapolis Colts on the weekend, but of course Canadians do get opportunities in the NFL all the time and still get selected into the CFL draft. Here's what uh, Sunderland had to say a few minutes ago about passing on O'Donnell at number four. Yeah, I think it, the investment that the Colts make with him in particular as far as the, the signing bonus and just I know some of the people at the Colts and chatting with them, nothing's guaranteed, obviously, but they're extremely high on him. And you know, I think there was a couple of NFL teams that were very close to drafting him in the seventh round. So, I. Again, nothing's guaranteed either way, but I, I think the chances that he sticks in the NFL for at least a year, if not two or longer, are are pretty good. So, you know, we went with someone that we thought would be here that we can count on from day one. So that, that was the thought process on O'Donnell is that he's... All right, so a little bit there from Brock Sunderland. So he feels the uh, Indianapolis Colts have made a pretty strong commitment to Carter O'Donnell. So uh, that's why the Eskimos pass on him at number four. He is there at number 13, and the Eskimos are, are picking now. I got to be honest with you guys, and, and maybe you've you've seen this. The, the, the Premier said golf courses can open this weekend, and then that was later corrected that they can open Monday. Well, from Dr. Dina Hinshaw's Twitter account, uh, it has just been posted golf courses can open as soon as Saturday, May 2nd with restrictions, including keeping clubhouses and pro shops closed. We will have guidance for golf courses available online tomorrow afternoon. So it's either Saturday or Monday. You can start golfing, <laughs> but it, it is happening in the, in the very near future. I know some of you were worried that maybe you wouldn't be able to play at all or play very much this summer, but uh, it sounds like tomorrow, at least that the government will clarify some of the, some of the rules uh, about what you can and can't do 
when you golf. And we'll talk more about that on Inside Sports tomorrow. We'll get to some baseball news. The Western Canadian Baseball League involving the Edmonton Prospects not canceling the season. They are delaying it. They're playing wait and see. Owner of the Prospects, Patrick Cassidy, will explain when we get back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, appreciate you tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630. Chad, CFL Draft is ongoing. The Eskimos have just took uh, taken defensive lineman Elaine Pay from Ottawa, 6'3", 246 pounds. In the first round, fourth overall out of the University of Buffalo. Offensive lineman Thomas Jack Cordilla, 6'4", 300 pounds. And I guess uh, the guy they just drafted was born in the Czech Republic. So there's a little bit of trivia about Elaine Pay. We may have an Eskimo draft pick coming up before we wrap up the show this evening. And uh, after the show ends, keep it on 630Ched's Twitter, Morley Scott's Twitter, Dave Campbell's Twitter, and 630Ched.com, globalnews.ca. Good to have Blake Dermott on the show earlier. Other news today, golf courses. uh, Well, the latest from Dr. Hinshaw's Twitter account is golf courses tomorrow. It's been a bit of a back and forth with the date there, but golf courses in Alberta, they're opening soon. Uh, hopefully, uh, did I say did I say tomorrow? It's Saturday. What day of the week is it, Kellen? Thursday. Today's Thursday. Golf course is opening Saturday. Uh, we thought maybe it was Monday, but the latest now is Saturday with some more details released tomorrow. George Larac has uh, took a put put a picture of himself on social media in a hospital gown saying that he has been diagnosed with COVID-19. So hopefully George will recover quickly from that. The Western Canada Baseball League, which features the Edmonton Prospects and nine other clubs in Alberta and Saskatchewan, will delay its season to late June or early July as we bring in Patrick Cassidy, the owner of the prospects. And Patrick, I I think canceling the season was on the table, but ultimately you decide to go with a delay here. Yes. Well, uh, as a, as a group last night, the governors, governors met, we had a two hour meeting and, uh, you know, just sort of brought, brought each other up to speed on, on where things are at. And, and obviously, uh, you know, we're obviously not in a place where we can, when we can move ahead as a league. We've still got some, um, a lot of challenges ahead and a lot of hurdles to overcome. But I, I think the, I think the one thing we wanted to do was kind of stick to the original plan that we uh, laid out back in early April, which was to um, sort of create some milestones and um, as we got to them, you know respond accordingly to what we had initially set out as our strategy and our game plan so we're kind of at that uh, that next milestone where if if there wasn't a green light to start uh, the season as per our original schedule then then we were we were looking at um, uh, a delay so 
we've basically just triggered that next step, which is to delay the season until um, we we do get that green light. We do have a, I believe it's a uh, June 5th date, June 6th date, somewhere in there, that if we don't have a green light by that date from, you know, all the proper authorities and whatnot, that, uh, you know, at that point in time, we um, we will terminate the season, unfortunately. Um you know, so so that's kind of where we're at. Uh, you know, we're we're holding out hope. We realize that there's been some, you know, some regulations put in place that sort of prevent any sort of large gatherings till the end of August. But having said that, we've also seen, um, you know, on a daily basis, this thing evolve and and you know things are changing and and medicine is is apparently the whole planet the whole medical planet is working on this problem right now so that's a lot of people and uh we uh we're we're hopeful that uh, science and scientists and the medical community might find some resolution that you know allows us to to get back to somewhat of a normal life sooner rather than later we were also encouraged uh yesterday when uh the uh Coastal Plains League decided to go ahead with their season commencing July 1st. <clears throat> Believe it or not, they picked Canada Day to do it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was encouraging and, and, and not insignificant because in order for them to do that, they, they had to uh, they had to get the approval from four health authorities because I think, I think that league is uh, in three states for sure, maybe four, and 15 cities. So... I mean, even uh, at the Savannah Bananas press conference yesterday, they had, of course, the the owner dressed in his usual yellow tuxedo, but they also had the mayor of Savannah there, um, you know, announcing that, yes, uh, if things continue on the current trajectory and we don't have a relapse and go backwards in any sort of significant manner, that we can have a season and there will be... um, you know, some social distancing measures in place and things that need to be done. And the city's going to work cooperatively and hand in hand with uh, with the, the, the teams in that league to, to, to assist them and help them, uh, you know, put some baseball on the on the ball in the field. Yeah. Well, I, and I saw that announcement yesterday by the Coastal <clears throat> Plains and that did get me thinking a little bit. And I think you made a good point is, is how quickly things can change and, and you know you can, I, don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth but it seems to me the WCBL has made an approach here that is realistic yet optimistic and I don't have a problem with that right because it's maybe in a couple months the conditions are fine to have you know some people come to the ballpark and, and players be able to play safely well and you know baseball is an outdoor sports and, and we're kind of uh, you know we're kind of geared a little bit differently we um Every day we face the possibility that a game's going to be rained out, and we go and we go and we go until we can no longer go. You know, either the, the field was flooded and we can't get it ready um, in time for the game to start, whether that's a late start or you know any sort of reasonable start. Um, so that's that's kind of how we're uh, we're made up. That's our DNA, and uh, you know, often you hear from fans that. Well, the weather's looking really lousy. It's probably going to rain. You're, you're going to cancel the game, aren't you? And we go, no, no, until until we can't play, the game is going to go on. 
And that's that's how we operate our leagues to ensure that we don't just, you know, do things willy-nilly at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for a 7 o'clock game. Unless at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, there's absolutely nothing you can possibly do to have that field ready. Yeah. Uh, but we don't project. We don't anticipate what the weather might be because, uh, you know, it changes on a dime. And and I guess that's, you know, that's, that's the way we're we're wired and i think we've sort of taken that same approach with this situation until we are absolutely dead in the water we we wait and we continue to try to make things happen one thing about the wcbl is there's no uh massive television contract or anything like that so but like you you would need if you proceeded with the season you would need to know that you'd at least have some fans in the stadium, even if they would have to distance a little bit. I mean, you could you couldn't play in an empty uh, field, could you? No, much in much the same way the, the CFL is uh, structurally and uh, financially geared. We're, we're very similar. I mean, they do have some television revenues, um, <clears throat> but for the most part, they're a they're a gate driven league. They require their food and beverage bunnies and they require those tickets and those people to be to be at the game so so unless course radio is planning on maybe giving us some huge radio contract that would cover the cost of our season we're kind of reliant on our fan base yeah i hear you well i i do want to come do my show from the stadium this summer if, if there are games because i've done that the last couple of years tell me a little bit about the the challenges pat of american players uh, I, I think Jordan mentioned to me last week it's usually around half of the prospects are, are usually from south of the border. So that I guess that's another challenge or another obstacle that would have to be ironed out for the, the beginnings. Or could you go with all Canadian rosters if you do with the season you're looking at? Well, um, you know, it's a challenge. Part of, part of the problem is, is our, roster, our rosters are set. I know, I know the Coastal Plains League, what they've done is they've increased their roster. Uh, because the other, the other thing they're doing is they're starting later, but they're actually going to, I think for the first time in summer college league history that I know of, uh, they're going to extend into uh, September. But uh, in that process, they realize they're going to lose some players that have to go back to college early. So they're, they've expanded to a 40-man roster to accommodate that. Um, <clears throat> there are a lot of sort of top-notch Canadian college baseball players that, actually go down to the states and play in the cape cod or the coastal plains or the northwoods league so we lose some of our canadian talent um south and so they got a border problem um and yes we we you know we have a lot of players that come in from from the u.s and and worldwide for that matter and so that would that would be a problem if uh, there wasn't some sort of uh scenario where you know those players could come into canada across the border and i think we'd have to have some sort of testing protocol in place to allow them to play because I would think uh, if we had to quarantine them for two weeks, that that's just not going to fit into the budgets of most of the clubs in Canada. So um, we've not really had a, a serious, a strong conversation about playing with all Canadian talent. Um, don't know if it's, uh, if it's out there and available. Uh, you know, you work pretty hard all year, year, year long to 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 recruit and put your roster together so to try to you know wipe out two-thirds of your your roster at this point in time and then rebuild it with canadian only talent and with all the other clubs trying to do that i don't know if that's feasible that's that's another huge that would be another huge uh, undertaking i think yeah okay 
Well, no, nonetheless, I mean, we're going to keep in touch about this, and, and I hope things change to the degree that there uh, there is a prospect season, there is a WCBL season. You guys have done a great job in the River Valley. You've built a great fan base over the last few years. So let's keep in touch, and uh, and all the best. Thanks for the update today, Pat. All right, Reed. Thank you. Patrick Cassidy, managing partner, owner of the Edmonton Prospects. So that's what the Western Canada Baseball League is doing. Six teams in Alberta, four in Saskatchewan. They're saying we're going to wait first week of June. They might have to pull the plug on the season if uh, if things haven't improved or they don't think they can get the go-ahead from health authorities and from the government to play games. You know, there there is a, there is a way for this to work. Obviously, they would shorten the season because the season goes into – it ends in August, and then most of these players go back to their colleges and universities. So could you have a limit on the number of fans that could come into the game? They'd have to be socially distanced the way they are seated, and you can get baseball going. I think that's certainly within the realm of possibility. And I like how Patrick explained that, that they are a sport that deals with rain delays deals with weather and they're kind of used to playing wait and see with what they're going to do with their games. And now they're going to have to do it with their season. So they're not panicking. They're just kind of looking at it with a little bit of a bigger picture. I think that's an interesting approach for sure. We got him now, fourth overall pick from the Edmonton Eskimos, offensive lineman Tomas Jack Cordilla out of the University of Buffalo, joining us on Inside Sports. Tomas, my name is Reed. Thanks for checking in tonight. How are you feeling, man? Welcome to the Eskimos. Uh, I'm excited, man. Uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, looking forward to getting to Edmonton as soon as possible. I'm ready to get to work. Uh, I'm really, uh, really, really excited and grateful for this opportunity. Well, where are you right now? And tell us about what this draft experience has been like for you. Uh, I'm in Montreal, Quebec right now, hometown. Uh, came back after Pro Day thinking that I was just going to be coming home for the weekend. But with the borders closing and the pandemic virus hitting the world, uh, it's good to stay at home. Um, this process has been unique, obviously. I've never been through this process before in my life, nor has anybody else in this class. Um, just counted as a blessing being able to stay home with my family for this amount of time, just coming off a four-year college stint, um, just appreciating the, the quality time I get to spend with my siblings, my parents, my dogs, um, and being safe, you know, at home. I think mean, nowhere is safer in the world than being at home, so just enjoying my time at home. How has it been working out? I've talked to a lot of athletes over the last month who have had to find new ways or maybe adjust their regimens a little bit because they don't have the same access to gyms and workout equipment. What's that been like for you? It's been honestly a creative process. Um, been doing the most with what I have. I didn't prepare for this at all, so I got some 20-pound dumbbells, some resistance bands. Um, some heavy logs around the house, anything I can really lift and push um, to keep in shape. Um, but, yeah, it's just a creative process. I feel like everybody's getting creative right now, doing what you can with what you got. But definitely a learning experience, That thinking that I'm gonna about to buy a whole lot of gym equipment uh, when I get to Edmonton to be ready for anything like this ever again. Have you been to Edmonton before? No, I've never. I've never uh, excuse me, I have not, but I'm really excited to. 
you're going to like it better in the summer than in the winter. I'll be the one of many who's going to tell you that, but that's okay. <laughs> Tomas Jack Cordilla from the University of Buffalo joining us and now draft pick of the Edmonton Eskimos. Tell us about that experience in, in Buffalo. I mean, I think you started almost, uh, did you start your entire four years or did you start midway through your first year? Uh, I started, what, third game of the season uh, at UB. I think I played a little bit of Boston College, and then I started after that, um, you know, battling injuries, obviously playing so many games and, you know, ins and out of football. But I've tried to make the most of my career at Buffalo, um, played a lot of games, a lot of snaps, played with a lot of great teammates, um, met a lot of great people, uh, built a lot of bridges that I plan on having for the rest of my life. Um, but enjoyed my time at Buffalo. Uh, worked hard in school, worked hard on the field, um, and just try to be a great person. I yeah, I know this is a tough question for you, but give me a scouting report of yourself. Uh, hard worker, determined, loves to compete. Um, still room to grow, obviously. I'm nowhere near perfect or where I think my sky, uh, my limit is. Um, so... Really a great person, smart, educated, got my master's, about to get my master's degree after the semester. Um, competitive, been playing a lot of games, season vet, um, but obviously nowhere near good enough. Um, always can improve, always willing to improve. Um, I feel like a sponge right now. I'm about to fill myself up with a whole ton of information, about to listen to all these vets, coaches, mentors, anything that Edmonton has to offer, I'm willing to receive. Um, and that's what I think my best quality is that I never feel like I'm there. I'm never at my limit. Um, I can always get better. I always can improve every single day. It, it, would you describe guard as your primary position, or do you move around if you if you need to? Uh, probably more recently, most experienced guard playing four years the same position. Uh, it's almost like a blessing and a curse because you know I can play that position, but there's obviously question marks about me playing other four positions on the offensive line. I played tackle growing up a lot on both sides, so I'm never scared to compete on an edge. Play a little bit of center when I was younger, um, but never afraid to learn and get better at something else and improve my overall stock as a player. Uh, whatever Edmonton needs me to do, I'm willing to do. Um, it's play, back up, uh, practice rep, whatever it takes for to get this team successful and to win games, um, I'm willing to do. What are you getting your masters in, Tomas? educational studies oh excellent okay good for you and you're almost done you said yeah i'm writing my thesis right now and as soon as i hand it in i am uh finally done with my education at buffalo for the time being oh good man i i just followed you on twitter a couple minutes ago you got to explain the history of your handle last string qb <laughs> uh okay i guess my childhood nonsense is coming to light a little bit um it was a running joke when I was playing probably LaSalle Warriors before I had gone to Vanier. Um, we were down at QB early in the season, and um, there was open, like, almost tryouts for second and third string spot. And um, I kind of almost took myself out of the race. Um, never was a really great throw over the football. My dad tried all his life to get me to throw a perfect spiral. Uh, I can do maybe one, one or two times, but I'm not the greatest quarterback, and I've known that. And it's great to be an offensive lineman because I can protect the guy that I that know that I know who can do the job way better than I can. So I think last year in QB was a little running joke I had when I was a kid, but I guess it it stuck along on my Twitter handle. 
Well, tell you what, Tomas, we're, we're going to have to find more time for you on the show because you're very well-spoken, and, and I want to tell more of your story to the fans here with the Eskimos Empire, but but I'm running a little bit short on time. But in, enjoy this evening and look forward to meeting you in person whenever the season can get going. Yeah, I can't wait to get out to Edmonton. Can't wait to meet you guys. Um, excited, really grateful and humbled experience to become an Eskimo. And I am really just hope everybody, I just want everybody to know I'm ready to get to work and ready to sacrifice whatever it takes. Right on. Have a good night. Thank you, sir. Tomas Jack Cordilla, well-spoken. Fourth overall pick, Eskimos, offensive lineman, guard. He's ready to come to town. Keep uh, an eye on the Eskimos Twitter account, the Ched Twitter account, Morley or Dave's Twitter account to see who else the Eskimos take this evening. We're back tomorrow. We'll talk about the return of golf in Alberta. Thanks for listening. Inside Sports on Ched. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.